You are listening to Gospel Centered Rest, and it is great to be back recording another episode. This is actually our second episode of this week. Um, shall we explain maybe a little bit? Yeah. Yes, we should. <laughs> the uh, yeah. Sunday morning, I was only able to make it through one of the two points. Right. So we thought right. we'd do an episode, a uh, podcast episode on uh, the second point, which is yeah. uh, the marriage proposal and then the quiet marriage of Ruth and Boaz, which... Mm. It has so much to say about marriage and but what I thought I would do instead is uh, use the last Sunday of 2023 to yes. go back to Ruth three beautiful uh, at the end of the chapter so instead of share it on a podcast initially I think we're gonna release it after um, uh, in the the first one in December our first podcast in or sorry in in 2024. Uh, but I thought, I think it's important enough to talk, especially about marriage today, because there's so mm-hmm. much confusion. Um, culture has turned it upside down. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's a beauty in uh, Ruth as to not just the, the, you know, the gift of marriage, but also the character of mm-hmm. marriage. And so much is, is spent on the outside, so much thought, it, and, you know, how we're to be in terms of what we're to do to make a relationship successful. Mm -hmm. But Ruth and Boaz are um, people of honor and virtue. Mm -hmm. And so we see the importance and value of character. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. I think it's December 30th. Uh, That'll be our final. I didn't didn't plan it that way. Actually, I kind of ran out of time with Ruth. So we, I mean, it's Christmas. So we're going to take Ruth four and see how we go from Adam Mm -hmm. to Um, Abraham or Noah to Abraham to Perez to David to Jesus Mm -hmm. Sunday morning and see the character of Jesus just as we've seen the character of Ruth and Boaz. So, so why the book of Ruth? We came out of Lamentations. Yeah, that's the reason. (laughs) Needed to do something. uh, Oh boy. But like, as you were thinking through it, were you like, I think it's time to have a little bit of an upper well, Lamentations was was a dark book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it wandered through some, it wandered through a war zone, and we saw grief, and we saw the complexity of of you know God's ways, and mm-hmm. just you know the harshness of this world. And it was I found it a, a difficult book, um, but boy, the the theology and the character of God. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just brilliant um, in, in his glory and mm-hmm. in his tenderness, even in, in the midst of a war zone. Well, it's such a dark book, but it gives, it gives words to those who are going through dark times. It gives words. It gives, uh, you know, a, a larger perspective. Yeah. So Lamentations, we wrestled with the kindness of God. And mm-hmm. then in Ruth, uh, the, and there is just the kindness of God and not just the Mm. kindness of God, but the kindness of uh, Ruth and Boaz. Naomi's a bit of a mystery there. Um, But, but, you know, she, in Ruth four, she uh, just rejoices in the birth of her, her grandson. And then Mm. the other thing that we talked about this past Sunday morning, interestingly, is the kindness of the law. So we have the kindness of God, the kindness of Ruth and Boaz, um, the kindness of Naomi in, in some ways mm-hmm. towards Ruth 
and then the kindness of the law this past Sunday. Awesome. So through, when you think of the entirety of the book of Ruth up Mm -hmm. to this point, um, we're in chapter three, chapters one and two, what have been some like major things that have stood out to you? And then perhaps maybe we'll talk Talk a little bit about chapter three. Yeah, the, the, the linger, there's been a lingering question all the way through, mm. which, and, and one of the lingering questions, there's a few, but one of the lingering questions is Ruth is a Moabitess and uh, Israel was yeah. to have nothing to do with a Moabitess. And yeah. now in Ruth three, we have uh, Naomi planning with Ruth to propose mm-hmm. to Boaz. We have Boaz agreeing with Ruth. Um, in fact, making a vow, you know, if the, the first redeemer doesn't take uh, or doesn't agree to redeeming Ruth, then mm-hmm. uh, Boaz comes along and says, but if he doesn't want to redeem you as the Lord lives, I will. So he makes a vow before the Lord that he will take Ruth as his wife. So you have uh, in Ruth one, the despair and bitterness mm. In Ruth 2, you have the quiet providence of God mm-hmm. uh, working working out. And then we see the kindness and the character, the noble character of Ruth and Boaz. And now in Ruth 3, we have the, the quiet marriage. Mm-hmm. But before that, we have to wrestle with, what do we do with Deuteronomy 23 that says, no Moabite may enter yeah. the Lord's assembly to the 10th generation. And then in verse 6 of Deuteronomy 23, no, or an Israelite should never pursue the welfare or prosperity as long as you live. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's stated clear in, in Deuteronomy 23. But as we noted Sunday morning in Deuteronomy 24, you have, well, we need to take care, uh, or the God's law tells us to uh, care for the widows, the orphans, and the foreigners. And Ruth is at least two of those. She's a widow and she's a foreigner. And then in Deuteronomy 25, we have the family redeemer who preserves the line. So Mm. you have uh, these two commands that when Ruth comes together, uh, they, they, you say, well, do we obey Deuteronomy 23 or do we obey Deuteronomy 24 and 25? And, and when Mm. we enter into the complexity of applying the law, then uh, how does, were, were, were Naomi and Boaz wrong to propose uh, a marriage and then to vow to marry Ruth? Mm-hmm. Don't you just love how um, a book like Deuteronomy is helping us understand the book of Ruth? Absolutely. It's like, uh, it really, that book in particular is, is really special. Um, and it, and it does shed light on really the rest of scripture. We see, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus quoting it, mm-hmm. um, the mm-hmm. new Testament writers, they're, they're going back to the law and going back to that. So that kind of bridges us into this, this conversation about the law, mm-hmm. um, that we were having on Sunday. Uh, but did you kind of want to walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. The, the question that I was see, or I think that the text, um, demands that we, wrestle with is what happens when you're in a complex situation and you don't Mm. quite know what to do Mm. and how do you how do you obey God and I wonder if part of our struggle is we read the laws in the Old Testament and in Christ's laws in the New Testament outside the greater context 
And I'm not sure we often think of laws having context. So when like laws can be used to build up our personal righteousness, laws can be used against others without understanding that the laws actually have a, a greater context and two, at least two greater contexts. And we read this in uh, the 10 commandments in Exodus 20 Deuteronomy is uh, first of all, the character of God. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, uh, after the character of God is the story that's being told in scripture, which is the redemption story. Mm-hmm. So in Exodus 20, it doesn't start off with the commands and just start listening how we're to obey God, but it sets the context of who God or of the story. So I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. So the context of the 10 commandments is a redemption story. And that's the redemption story uh, beginning in Genesis chapter three and bringing us all the way to the new heavens and the new earth. And then I wonder if, especially in the book of Ruth, the context, and, and, but we also saw this in Lamentations 3 where, you know, it's building, building. So both Lady Zion mm-hmm. and uh, the poet or the narrator or whatever term you want to put it, put to him, uh, he, they, they're, they're so filled with despair, they have no hope. And then they come to that place where, you know, they say, okay, you know what, I'm going to, like we, like we mentioned, I'm going to start a Bible study. And in starting the Bible study, he begins to say, okay, here's the truth that um, I'm just going to land on, and that is the faithful love of God, and that's the reason that we don't perish. So, you, again, even in Lamentations, which is a brutal, brutal book, mm-hmm. it, the center of it comes to the kindness, the loving kindness of God. Yeah. And in Ruth, it's just surrounded with the kindness of God. So Ruth just happens to be in the field of Boaz. Ruth and Naomi happen to come back at the time of the barley harvest. Uh, Naomi happens to hear what's going on in Israel, that there's lots of food that the Lord has blessed. So the context, and and I think that's why uh, it's Naomi and, and Boaz are right in what they do, even though you have Deuteronomy 23, because the context is the redemption story and it's the context of compassion and kindness. So they erred on the side of grace. They went towards grace which again is extremely instructive because mm-hmm. I think we battle using the law that way. Uh, mm-hmm. the, totally. the, the law becomes something personal for us that helps us, you know, gauge how well we're doing as a believer or the law helps us gauge how we deal with other people. And if it's just strictly the law without the redemption story and without understanding the character of God, then we would probably have to read Ruth 3 as, yeah, they shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Well, we would have to, we, we would be in camp with the Pharisees, like at that point, right? Where yeah. it becomes about the law, not about the kindness and presence of God and the plan of God. Yeah, the outward. And, and yeah. what's interesting about the story of Ruth is that when you come to the, like living out the complexities of God's word, in other words, in some ways we, we long for, you know, the right and wrong. Just tell me what to do. Mm. Um, Just say, do this and don't do that. And uh, then 
what usually ends up happening is we, we live in our little bubble and we gather around us people who agree with us generally on how the law should be lived out rather than, uh, as I think we meet up with, and as you mentioned, Deuteronomy and Ruth and, and even Lamentations is we're caused to search our hearts. Mm. It becomes a heart moment where now, instead of just being good outwardly, mm-hmm. where are our hearts? So it's, it's easy to lay down laws and in a sense, it's easy to, uh, it's easy to obey certain laws, and those are the laws that we usually try to keep. Are the laws that are the, the laws that we make the the laws that we are the laws that we keep. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Ruth comes along and says, "Boy, I mean, uh, we could have nothing to do with those people, mm-hmm. with the Moabites. But what about my? What about the character of God? Is is my character lining up with God's character? Um, am I doing this in the context of?" the story of redemption and how the story of redemption has impacted my life. So in Mm -hmm. Ephesians, for example, you read that we're to forgive, not because we're good forgivers, but because we've been forgiven in Christ. So are we to cut off mercy towards widows and orphans? Are we to have uh, those who say, okay, we're not going to, they're the untouchables. Yeah. And that that's in part, I also think what's happening in Ruth is in, in, in the Bible, there are no untouchables Mm -hmm. Uh, there. And, and I think that's why, and um, we may touch a bit on that this coming Sunday. That's why we find Jesus hanging out with the untouchables, the outcasts so much. Um, And I, I think when Jesus is spending time with, you know, the tax collectors and the sinners and the prostitutes and, uh, he's rebuking the Pharisees and saying, you know, I haven't come for the healthy, I've come for the sick. Yeah. It, 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 it is an acceptance of how, the, how Naomi and uh, Boaz treated Ruth. Mm-hmm. Um, it just affirms that when you lean towards uh, the character of God and the redemption story, we enter into discussions with people and not just cut them off because, you know, they are certain people or they are, um, you know, kind of the outcasts mm-hmm. of society and sometimes sadly of the church. Mm-hmm. Like it was a remarkable major part of Christ's ministry to be um, explaining what we're talking about with the law. Like even think about Luke chapter six, where he's the Lord of the Sabbath mm-hmm. um, and his disciples are out, you know, picking grain on the Sabbath day and the Pharisees are watching them ready for him to do something against their idea of what the law is. But you think of like all of his interactions, even with the disciples Mm -hmm. and even with those of the day, like trying to explain this concept that it's about grace, Mm -hmm. that it's about the kindness, the generosity of God. It's not about the rules. It's not about the jot and the tittles Mm -hmm. uh, in that sense. Right. Yeah. And here's the, the interesting part of the discussion in, in our connection group last night, we discussed some of this where we, we wrestle with this and we wrestle with grace because the other side of the equation is, well, then, you know, the Romans six, we can do whatever we want to do. Right. And that's absolutely, I mean, when, when we think of the word grace, we're thinking of the story of God. We're thinking of the person of God, mm-hmm. the character of God, the story of God who sent his son. 
who lived, died, rose, ascended one day to return, giving us his spirit. We're set free in the spirit so that we're no longer slaves uh, to sin, no longer slaves to the law. So this, this amazing, it, it never takes away obedience in Christ. But the beauty of grace is it goes much deeper because it's not just the law that we're seeking to obey, but it's out of the relationship of redemption, the story of redemption, the relationship with God conformed to his image, filled with the spirit that we, we now desire, not all the time because we have Romans 7, but we, we, there's this desire and there's this mm. ability mm-hmm. to grow in holiness and grow uh, in Christ likeness. So I, the, it's mm-hmm. some people live with this great fear that, oh, you're saying that there's no law. We're not saying that there's no law. There's, mm-hmm. and, and in, in, um, I think it's first Corinthians nine <laughs> and maybe I'll, I'll turn there and talk about that in just a moment, but, uh, we're under Christ's law Amen. and, and Christ's law is, you know, it's, it's the fulfilled law. And so we read that in, in Matthew five, Christ not only fulfilled the law, um, so he says, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just don't kill, but it's, but I say to you, uh, don't, even if you call someone a fool, you're in danger of hellfire. I mean, we couldn't keep the old, Israel mm-hmm. couldn't keep the old covenant. How do we keep Christ's law? And it's not only is the, the new law keeper, but he's the new law or sorry, not, is he just the new law giver, but he's also the new law keeper. He is perfect in what he does. Mm-hmm. He has fulfilled the law. There, we cannot add anything to the perfection of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it flows out of his grace and it flows out of his love that now we are equipped and have the desire and the heart and the new creation and the spirit to be able to say, okay, while I wrestle with my old nature, while I wrestle with my sin, my heart is towards emulating the character of God my heart is invested in the redemption story and that I live out that redemption story, not in a salvation way, but in a, in looking out for widows and orphans and foreigners and and seeking to, to show them the love of Christ, which means in a church setting, in my understanding, when somebody comes in, it's not, you know, first the law that they hear, but, and I think this happens in Ruth, but, we seek to listen to their story. Mm-hmm. I think it's too often in the church, people come in and we label them and then, but we haven't heard their story. And that's what I like about Ruth. Uh, I say this often in other places, but Ruth three is not Ruth one and two. So you finally have in Ruth three, the, you know, the difficulty coming to a head and, but we've had two chapters to learn Naomi's story and Ruth's story and the character of Boaz. And after we hear their story, um, that helps us to know how to apply the law. So when people come into the church, um, you know, it's, it's like Jesus did with the, in John 4 with the Samaritan woman. He, he knew her story. Hmm. And because of that, um, she goes and invites all the townspeople and says, listen, here's a man who knows everything about me. So you have this amazing uh, story that unfolds, and then you discuss the law, and um, it invites people to stay in the church, even though they may not have everything figured out, even though they may be wrestling with things 
Um, but they're hearing about uh, the compassion and the grace mm-hmm. and the restoration that takes that can take place in their life. It kind of reminds me of First John five, where um, John says, "This is how we know that we love God's children when we love God and we obey His commands." Or this is how we know we are God's children. For this is what love for God is to keep His commands. And everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. Mm. So we see this, like this, the, our faith and the love of God is what drives us as, as you're talking about, drives us to obey God, to follow in his commands, but not in a, not in a, you know, pharisaical Mm -hmm. way or means. And it's interesting. The story of Ruth kind of reminded me of, um, numbers, numbers 12, where Miriam and Aaron, come to Moses to complain because he married a Cushite woman Mm. and their complaining, as we know, resulted in Miriam's leprosy. But the things that, that the Lord points out about Moses here is, is just amazing Mm. that he's, there is no one more humble than my servant Moses. And all of these things that God says about Moses and his heart, um, they were making it about, again, the law rather than, rather than the heart mm-hmm. and the sovereignty of God in, in, in that whole situation. Yeah. But you had mentioned a passage from first Corinthians. Yeah. I mean, and, and as you mentioned, you find it in various places, even interestingly in Matthew one, Boaz's mother was Rahab. Oh yes. And so you have, yeah. but, but it's part of the larger story where these, you know, God is going to, to um, reach out to all nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are just glimpses of what, what Jesus is going to do. Yeah, you have in, I'll just, in, in uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 8, do not owe anyone anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandment are summed up by this commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. And then you have in uh, 1 Corinthians 9, where, you know, Paul is uh, talking about uh, various things. And then he says in verse 19, although I am free from all and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews. To those under the law, like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, to win those under the law. And so you, you have this, although I myself am not under the law, and I understand that, you know, there's complexities to that, but mm-hmm. in my understanding, the law is the law. It's the old covenant law. It's not a portion of the law. It's the entirety of the law. Uh, and so we might say, well, then we're under no law. But Paul goes on to say in verse 21, to those who are without the law, like one without the law, though I am not without God's law, but under the law of Christ to win those without the law. Mm. So now we're under the law of Christ, which is the fulfilled law, which if we couldn't obey the old covenant law, um, it is only in Christ or it's only Christ who can obey his law. And so we look to him for obedience and then uh, we move towards uh, loving God and loving our neighbor. And that, that guides us as to how, how we live our lives, Mm. how we stand apart from this world um, and, and how, how we uh, seek to love one another in the church. Verse 22 says, To the weak I became weak in order to win the weak. 
I have become all things to all people so that I may by every possible means save some. And so Paul's hmm. Paul, the, the law now is not used against or for personal righteousness, but the law now is used to, to meet whatever the circumstance may be and say, um, how do I show Christ? Hmm. How do I love Christ? I do want to say <laughs> in this, uh, what, what we hope some of these podcasts do is further the conversation Yes. in a, however long we've been talking, it cannot, yeah. and I'm sure questions may come up and, uh, but, but there is something beautiful about Ruth and how Ruth handles the complexity of the yes. law in a day and age, much like ours, because Ruth is written in a time of judges. Mm. So you have, uh, you know, you have dark days, people where there's no king, they do as they please. Uh, and then you have the story of Ruth and trusting the Christian church in our day, welcoming stories, yeah. reaching out to those who need compassion, showing compassion, and then journeying the long distance with them uh, that, that we would love and, and trust that they're, they're led to the, the great compassion of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It really is a beautiful book. And oh, being able to so kind, like going through it has been really good. Yeah. I even heard someone mention that they're seeing Ruth in fresh eyes, mm-hmm. like through a fresh lens of the kindness and goodness of God in a way that they've never seen yeah. before. So, and how good that you know, at the end of Ruth, it's not in a sense what laws are being, but yeah, I, I seek to show the compassion of Christ, and then in showing the compassion of Christ. We're obeying his laws. Amen. It's beautiful. I love that. So stay tuned. Ruth 4 at the end of this month in a few weeks, (laughs) which actually works out great because we can schedule the podcast. And even if we're away, it'll be Be there. It'll go up when it should. So thanks, David. Thanks, Tyler.